Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. is that anyone attempting to leave them out should be shot on sight. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gatecast episode 96. Mike? I thought you might introduce yourself. Oh. That was Alan. I'm Mike. Good <laughs> evening, folks. Welcome to Between Two Fires. Featuring, as I recently tweeted, the Tolan. Yes, uh, not to spoil things, but they're doomed. Oh, yeah. That said, <laughs> no, I can't say, I can't even say that. Damn it. <laughs> Can you say it later? About two years, I think. Maybe three. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll remind you. I'll say it off air, and then I'll be asked by certain people what I said. Yeah. Oh, okay. <sighs> Happy, sad face. Happy and sad? Mm-hmm. How'd you manage that? Happy face. She has a job. Oh, sad face. Not enough time for you. What will you do with your evenings? <laughs> Through the night, I should say. Actually, I was expecting you to ask me, when are you going to sleep? <laughs> To which I would respond, what do you think I were doing for the last two hours? But she said she gets a break at half eight, so I expect to hear from her then. Ah, oh, lovely. Anyway, job equals money, money equals plane, plane equals Adriana here, so far planned New Year's Eve. That's it. Always be positive. I've also reactivated my frivolous spending account. <laughs> Means I'll have money for Germany. Germany, good. As to what will I do with the evenings? Well, I've almost finished episode two of Miracle Day. As I think I said to you last recording, when I saw the end of it, I was like, what? Is that it? I want more. Mark of a good show. Mm-hmm. Although, yes. Yeah, I won't say until you've actually seen the episode, but some cringeworthy moment in the episode. Can't possibly be as cringeworthy as 12 of the 13 episodes of season one. My dislike of season one of Torchwood is well known. This is more uh, the hallmark of Russell T. Davis. Oh. You just know he was involved in this one scene I'm thinking about. You'll, you'll know it when you see it. Prior to Russell T. Davies, you had the Doctor, you had the Companions. They were friends. That was it. That's actually, despite the ridiculous sharpness and penetrating voice of her tone, what I liked about Catherine Tate was there was never any indication that she had romantic feelings for him. Well, there was that. you got to take something positive from it. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be something. I also didn't make a wait more than a night between the season one finale of Supernatural and the first episode of season two. Yeah, I saw that tweet. What I did do was I asked her to turn on video about five minutes before the episode ended so I could see a reaction. <laughs> and it was. Our jaw literally dropped. It was like, yeah. Someone can appreciate that. And I watched Archwood. I'll finish watching Survivors. Yeah, I watched quite a few movies over the weekend. And from what I could see, NASCAR. You seem to get special NASCAR stickers. Oh, yes. Well, I actually won't watch the NASCAR till tonight. I- sometime tonight but you know you can't check in more than a day afterwards and not get the stickers so check hi this is kevin batchelder and this is the saturday b movie reel shoot it shoot it (laughs) (laughs) that's about describes it yeah all right everybody stay here we look specifically at the sci-fi channel's original movies 
You know the ones. The ones that air on Saturday night. Being known throughout the ages is an instant classic. <laughs> we need a bigger gator! Uh, limb cutting yes. and blood squirting from... <laughs> Flying limbs, I called them. it in my notes. What could go wrong? We look on a regular basis at the movies as they come out, and since there have been over 200 of them, we do go back and look at many of them that are now out on DVD. At this point, I had completely forgotten any semblance of seeing if this actually makes any sense from a plot point of view. So come on by, get involved, and have some fun. Check us out at SaturdayBMovieReel.com. A future depends on it. Make it safe. Oh, we watched the first episode of Team Wolf. And? Martuf is evil. <laughs> he certainly comes across a great entrance, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Because, like, well, who's Martuf Argent? And then I didn't cop Martuf was her dad until What's-His-Face's mate comes in and goes, Mrs. Argent, this is about Lisa. I'm like, oh, right. That was one of the plot points I caught pretty quickly. Going to be related. Got to be related. I thought the introduction of the love interest slash foil was a little forced and a little quick. Well, I suppose they can't really mess around too long. No, not if they're on Fox. I know they're on MTV. They're not on Fox. Yeah, they're on MTV. You know, the only channel with a attention span lower than Fox viewers. <laughs> Three minutes and you've lost them. I'm really enjoying the series, though. A very pleasant surprise because, I don't know about anybody else, I was thinking, oh, remaking Teen Wolf, Michael J. Fox. Oh, it's going to be a bit cheesy, isn't it? But they've gone totally different direction. I was wondering, because for the first 10, 15 minutes, you're not sure if it's set in the 80s or not. Mm. And then you see him looking for an Azalea with the iPhone. I was like, ah, right. That's fair enough. I mean, Apple product placement in television and movies is just, it's a given. Hi, folks. An update to our 100th episode prize draw. There's still plenty of time to get your email entry in before we make the draw on the eve of the episode's release. And I know there are plenty of you out there who listen and have not entered yet, even a few who contribute in other ways. No restrictions, guys. If you listen to the podcast, you can enter. So simply send us an email to gatecastpodcast at gmail.com with 100th episode in the subject, and you are in the draw for the Amazon gift certificate. Good luck. Come try ya! Oh, we have quite a long previously. Okay, I need to get on to... That and that. Have you seen the new Eureka and where are 13 or are you going to wait? Well, I might get less patient because a lot of what I've been watching Adriana's stuff I've seen. Although she did burn through three seasons of Big Bang Theory in about two days. And that's Wanderer level speed. <laughs> I weighed Dance with Dragons and I actually flicked towards the end. I caught the appendix. The appendix starts on page 970. <laughs> and the book weighs three and a quarter pounds. I honestly can't see myself ever starting this series. There's a lot more in the books. I've got other stuff to read right now. I'm actually reading Frankie Boyle's My Shit Life so far. It's absolutely hilarious. Did he make some comment about a disabled kid that has now sort of inspired some Sky TV show by some sort of zealous poplet? Well, he got a lot of hassle for making that crack about Jordan's kid, but I don't know about anything else. Is that where you got chucked off Mock the Week? Or where it sort of straw that broke Camel's back? That was a bit after. What I've seen on his concert DVDs, yeah, it's brilliant. Not always funny, because some of the things, it's not that they go over the top, they're just not not that funny. I mean, that joke about Jordan's kid, I almost thought, all that hassle, it just wasn't a funny joke. Mm. Okay, I see two at mentions. I'm wondering, is Abby Rose the Abby that you added? Yes. Because she says, when I joined the F-Book group for At The Gatecast, I paid red, welcome to the Gatecast, and my brain totally read it in Mike's voice. <laughs> And I have tweeted it. I just said featuring the toll in. I didn't spoil it in that way. Anyway, I've not had dinner. Shall we start? Yeah, we're just about ready to go. And now I've got a theme tune playing in my head because I've listened to enough episode. (laughs) 
Yeah, I would have been on three minutes earlier, but for the fact that I realised the last disc that I'd left there was actually the last episode we'd done, and therefore I need to go downstairs and fetch new disc. All right, line is duly cocked. And we're ready to go, if you'd like to do the countdown. Toi, deux, un, ennui. It's like jerk. This is disc spun up. Previously. Enter with Noreen and that guy. Yeah, Omok. I haven't seen him for a while. Our world is called Dolan. Look at that young Jack. He's aged in four years, hasn't he? Good, because he didn't bloody age in 20. <laughs> well, to be fair, his MacGyver haircut changed dramatically. The famous MacGyver mullet. <laughs> I've got the box set sitting on my shelf. He's glorious. <laughs> what would you like to trade? Technology. You know that is the one thing we cannot give you. I say, there's quite a lot of footage from the adventures of the Tolan. Then a good three, four episode arc. Right about you. Perhaps in time we'll meet again. Amazing how they make a weapon look like an architectural feature. <laughs> I'm assuming that was CG'd in. Oh, yes. Canada are not known for their uh, orbital gun platforms. <laughs> and we're at Simon Fraser University again in Burnaby. There is something uniquely collegiate about the buildings, isn't there? You look at them and you think university. As we've seen, uh, Canada has some very interesting architecture. Yes. Good old Canadian. That's a shiny surface, isn't it, for a piece of granite? Mm-hmm. Or if it's been CG'd up. Maybe. Either way, it looks good. Ah, Nareem, you poor doomed fool falling for Sam. <laughs> and there's... Yeah, Nareem. Good old Garwin Sanford. Very nice. You know, he reminds me of the coach in Team Wolf. Yeah, similar. And I don't know who the hell the coach in Team Wolf reminds me of. I'm sure I've seen another stuff. <laughs> Probably uh, going. Hmm? Uh, nothing. He was not concerned with trivial relationships. In his testament, he asked that his memorial be attended only by those whom he respected. Uh, no offense, but what are we doing here? He may not have shown you much warmth or affection, but I can tell you, Omak had a great deal of reverence for all of you. Daniel, surprised. What exactly are we doing? He respected us. As do we all. Hmm. Colonel O'Neill. Please know that we have not dismissed what you have done over the past few years for the Tolan people. Don't mention it. We appreciate everything you've done for us, too. (laughs) Yes, Jack. (laughs) Diplomacy at its best. I think renewing such a discussion would be better suited for another time and place. Really? Garwin looks a bit surprised. Yes. The Tolan Curia has recessed for a day of mourning out of respect for Omak. Would you consider returning... Tomorrow to meet with me. Elder stateswoman. Do you think that's makeup or Botox? Because her face looks remarkably unlined. Well, she looks reasonably old to me. Yes, but the forehead is smooth. Maybe a bit early in for Botox? Mm-hmm. Unless they actually do it in the makeup department of Stargate. <laughs> okay, suspicious. Suspicious. Follow them. Those guys have guard practically printed. If you cut those guys oh, yeah. in half, they'd have guard written through them. Of course, we've never seen all these guards when we've come to Talana before. No, they were not. As such an obvious show of force would be uncouth. Any idea what she was talking about back there? I was as surprised as you by her invitation. The Chancellor seems to suggest that Tolan Curia may now be willing to share its technology. I would seriously doubt that. She merely said they wished to discuss it with you. Well, they're a peaceful civilization. Why all the guards? He looks weird in a trench coat. <laughs> He needs his fedora on. Yeah. 
He's not complete without the hat. <laughs> Have a safe trip home. You can hear the Stargate off camera. Why is that? Because they didn't bother to put one in this episode. <laughs> I hope I will have the chance to see you upon your return. That's a very wizardly robe, isn't it? You were allowed to hug her. You could have made that pass off so much easier if you had hugged her. Yeah. The guards are watching them and they're sort of, We don't trust you, but we're too dumb. <laughs> uh, subversive behaviour. Sideways gate thingy. Sir. And she takes the hat off immediately because she's indoors. Well, yeah, Jack did, yeah. No hats indoors. Samantha, I'm sorry I was unable to tell you this in person. Oh, help me, Obi Wan. <laughs> Come on, as soon as I was watching it yesterday, I thought that's. <laughs> Jack looks very. Jack looks comically puzzled. Well, he's seen holograms before. Why should it bother him? Well, the fact that she was able to grab by a button and rotate. Yeah, that bit was clever. Obviously, the little kind of projector disc in the palm of her hand. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, it had an easy-to-access on-off button. Nice bit of CGI, though. That works well, that does. And this volume is red. Written by Juan Wilkerson. Not someone we've come across too often. He's written nine episodes for Stargate, but he's also more well-known as a story editor for the series. So he has been about. And I see on this disc we have William alternating with Peter as Boston Martin. Yes, yeah, it's an unusual combination for this season, really. William Geraghty, I think he's uh, directed 12 episodes of the series, including the other to- to- uh, Tolan uh, episodes. And this episode aired on? 24th of August, 2001. Sorry, we need to get that in before the credit sequence ended. <laughs> Just in. Well, you didn't seem to be saying it. I was like, crap, people will complain. <laughs> he always says when it were aired during credit sequence. I enjoy this episode. I'm kind of, I'm kind of sad. I quite like the Tolan. Yeah, they were good people. Nereem was a good character. His introduction, you know, his return visit, and this one. Nereem gave you no other indication that something might be wrong? No, sir. Everything was fine. For a funeral. You have to admit, it did seem a little strange there were so few people there. Hey, you knew him. What's strange? Whatever he meant, I'd be willing to bet that Omak's warning has something to do with what Travel wants to meet with us about. Agreed. Let's see what they have to say. Oh, a nice shot that is. Now that's a control panel. Yes, yeah, as soon as she gets off a little pedestal. Oh. Now that, look at that, you, you get to be an extra and they don't even show your face. The show ours. Well, not much. <laughs> If you're into bare shoulders, you're well in. It's not two cats fighting in a burlap sack, but it's there. Uh, with all due respect to David Eddings for that image. Cozy. <coughs> it's an interesting plant. Colonel O'Neill, Dr. Jackson, thank you so much for returning. As if they were not going to come back. Thanks for having us. Are Major Carter and Tilk's not with you? They want to spend some time catching up with Nareen. Of course. Shall we get down to business? They've gone snooping around elsewhere. The Curia met this morning as I indicated, and the topic was our policy of sharing technology with Earth. Yeah, not so tall, are you, love? No, she looks about four foot nine or so. That's probably why she went into politics, so she could have the pedestal. <laughs> Is this the common misconception that short people are ambitious? Uh, perhaps certain aspects of uh, the interaction with other people drives them a bit harder than others. It's been proved by Snopes.com to be complete bull. 
they really enjoy the large flower pots indoors. Mm. In the past, the prevailing beliefs of the Curia have made any such arrangements impossible. I'm sorry, what does this have to do with Omak's death? Some members of the Curia have been slowly changing their point of view about our isolationist ways. Recently, the balance of the votes on these issues have been split. Omak strongly supported the old ways. Do we know where they set this up, or is this just a studio space? I think this was just studio. They do use uh, one of the university's rooms for another shot later in the episode. Please, Colonel, have you ever known any political body to act solely without concern for its own needs? You've got to be suspicious, because she's never been this friendly before. <laughs> never. Even when they conspired to catch uh, the NID bunch. She was grateful, but she wasn't overly enthused about it. Hmm. And she's being very surreptitious here. And the resources are becoming depleted. Always a good reason to reassess your isolationist ways. As I said, Dr. Jackson, politics have common threads wherever you go. Okay, so you need trinium. Why not go get some? To be honest, it is reasonable. Ethics goes out the window when you want something. Yes, but I don't think they needed that much. You wouldn't have thought so, would you? These are an advanced race. Oh, now we're getting very surreptitious. I have temporarily deactivated security in this room. Normally, everything is recorded, and I wish to speak confidentially without repercussions. Have you dimmed the lights for romantic books? <laughs> yes. Does she fancy Jack? We're not being filmed. Truth is, Colonel, those counsellors that oppose this arrangement still have strong voices among our people. So, the whole Trinium thing is just an excuse to save face publicly? We do need it, but... As you have suggested, we can get it elsewhere if necessary. How much do you need? Would you repeat that? Surely it would be recorded, the fact that it's not recording. Wouldn't there be a gap in record? You would have thought so. For the record, Daniel. For the record. <laughs> yes, could you repeat that more loudly? You try to repeat some and you just, you just can't get it right, can you? But given that you now have an off-world trinium mine... As we come to find out... Tolan not on the level, I'm shocked. Shocked and stunned. In exchange, we get... A Tolan Iron Cannon. Oh, yes, she said that. Rolled off her tongue. One of those... big honking space guns that shoots... <laughs> yes, one of those big honking space guns. <laughs> cool. Jack's happy. He's not trying to show it. Poker face, poker face. <laughs> no, green. Regardless of what you think of the Tolan decision to withhold the technology, they have been consistent. I have observed that Noreen appears to have strong personal feelings for you. I know. It's just that... Forgive me, Samantha. Tilk. Oh, look, it's raining in Canada. Is it raining? It is raining, is it? She actually looks kind of damp, cold and uncomfortable. I'm not surprised. How long were they sitting on the... <laughs> that's a bike rack, isn't it? It's certainly not something that's meant to be sat on. It looks a bit out of place compared to everything else. You think they stuck it there? I think they stuck it there, yes. I really didn't know who I could trust. Except you, of course. It's okay. Thank you. Yeah, because, you know, university-level people, even Canadians, which are generally more mature than Americans... That stone bench looks... That's a bench. Yeah, that looks more suitable. Benchy. <laughs> it looks more benchy, yes. Colonel O'Neill, Dr. Jackson. What did Chancellor Travell say? She offered us an iron cannon. I don't believe it. Neither did we. In exchange for some trinium. That's impossible. The Curia would never agree to that. Well, apparently Omok was the swing vote. But it goes against everything we've stood for. 
Daniel rocking the black jumper. Daniel's starting to look more built across the shoulders there. I guess he'd been exercising with Teal. Yes, oh, mock the swinger. Who'd have thought? As you know, another world once destroyed themselves because we shared our technology with them. That is why we have so strongly resisted sharing what we know with more primitive societies. You know, we prefer less advanced, if you don't mind. It's not primitive. Jack's getting a bit prickly about that. We've never called an inferior race primitive, have we? Heaven for a friend. Well, it certainly worried Nareem. Indeed. The ion beam technology is very advanced. Unfortunately, it's so advanced that backward engineering one of these things for mass production is well beyond us. Oh, that's a pity. You could have solved a lot of problems, that would. Well, sir, even strategically placed in, say, Washington, D.C., one ion cannon provides very little range of defense coverage for a planet the size of Earth. And even if we could mobilize it, a fleet of ghoul motherships could still easily strike at will. Not to mention the fact that the Russians might take issue with our having control of a single ion cannon. Big freaking thing. How many guns do they have covering the entire planet? Mm. So, at this point, one ion cannon is likely to cause more harm than good. Again, then, it shows how advanced they are that within a few years they've, they've built the city and equipped their entire planet with a defence grid. 38, minimum. 38? To provide total global coverage, yes, sir. 38. <laughs> 38. An awful lot around North America. Couldn't hurt to ask, sir. Sir, I feel obligated at this point to mention the fact that Nareem is opposed to this exchange and thinks that Omok's warning was directly related. We've got a hell of a lot of ocean on this planet. How are the guns covering that area? Where they float? Well, there didn't seem to be any in the middle of the Atlantic or the Pacific. Something's going on, I just don't know what. I imagine you'd dump one on Easter Island at the very least. I'm ordering you to proceed with the negotiation. Okay. Colonel, under the circumstances... If you're going to recommend, sir, that I continue to be suspicious and skeptical... I wouldn't waste my time. Good thinking, sir. Just remember, this deal could change the course of our history. So, don't blow it. What you're sensing is trouble. Could be simple internal political wrangling. I understand that. Or are we... Could be walking into a minefield. Come on, General. She admitted it herself. Yeah. You just got to see beyond the trinium ruse. These little chats of ours always bring me great joy and serve to ease my mind. It's a nice graphic of the planet, and they obviously left it spinning there because I thought, damn it, we've put money and time into <laughs> yes. doing this thing. We're going to leave it on screen as long as possible. <laughs> well, it all adds to the picture. Is it the Star Wars effect where some poor unfortunate spends two months building something there's three seconds of screen time? Yeah. And then goes and cries into the props department bottle of whiskey. <laughs> Could be worse. Ends up as a DVD extra. <laughs> you gotta love Jack and the General's dynamic. Almost like father and son at times. What about Nareem and Carter? And the ever-present guards. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna ask for a whole whack of space guns. Space guns. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I understand why you're concerned, but those ion cannons could save Earth one day. You're just going to have to trust our people are going to blow each other up with them. And if we do, we won't blame you, I promise. Well, if you think about it, it's good that we want so many guns, because some of them are going to be placed in countries that we're not friendly with. And therefore pointing at countries that we are friendly with. But strangely enough, you know, the mad scenario worked. Well, I prefer the call from Blackout that goes forth. The idea was that each country would build up these massive stockpile of weapons, so... Nobody would be crazy enough to actually use them. But there was a problem with the plan. What was that, sir? It was bollocks. <laughs> ben Elton, ever so. The critical bit is you have to believe you can win a war. 
conventional weapons very rarely wipe out the entire nation in the space of an hour. Planet, my dear boy, planet. He too was in perfect health. Well, people sometimes die of heart attacks without warning. Our implants are linked to a central system. If anything goes wrong, health officers are dispatched immediately. Now, normally, maximum response time is under five minutes. The night of Omak's death, it took them over ten minutes. What are you saying? That just doesn't happen. The system is flawless. No. What are you saying? Well, I believe... Spit it out, man. Spit it out. I believe Omak may have been murdered. Probably actually cost him a lot to say that, even think it. Gasp. He's got a shiny rectangular rod thingy. What if I ask what you need the trinium for? Trinium is combined with a number of elements to create a compound that is used in various Tolan technologies. Do you people practice being vague? <laughs> I, I think it comes naturally, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Then I will be able to give you the amounts we require for our exchange. Like I said to myself the other day, she said something and I said, could you vague that up a little? <laughs> Have you reconsidered? No, 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 no. Um, we just don't feel one cannon is going to work. You see, one doesn't go so far in protecting an entire planet. Yes, that was discussed by the Curia. Well, we're here. Travel's played by Marie Stillen, mm. Canadian actress. Uh, the Days, Out of Limits, X-Files. <laughs> Who was she in X-Files? I would have to have a look in IMDb if you really want to know. 30. 38. Total. She reacted well to being asked for 38 <laughs> space yeah. ones. Well, I understand your dilemma. Please, give me some time to present your request to the Curia. I mean, look at the boys. They're both stunned that she didn't laugh in the face. <laughs> that went well. Mm-hmm. Now, this was actually somebody's house. Look, it's next generation screens. It isn't a set. This is somebody's house. Uh, you can imagine this in the Massachusetts accents. Who would live in a house like this? Oh, I like this. Greetings, Nareem. Welcome home. Atmospheric control is active. Shall I prepare a midday meal for you and your guests? No. I forgot to switch that off. Nareem? <laughs> yes, Samantha. Is that my voice? <laughs> no, it isn't. It isn't. <laughs> Definitely not your voice, Samantha. Colonel O'Neill asks us to find proof of Omar's murder. Should we not begin? I really don't know where to start. The fact is, there hasn't been a murder among the Tolan for as long as I can remember. Is crime so uncommon here? There are occasional crimes of indiscretion which are duly punished. But... Again, giant flower pots. If Bill and Ben jump out of these, I'm going to die a shock. <laughs> Our security systems prevent it, which is why I was so reluctant to even suggest it. This doesn't make any sense. Sure, the Curia disagreed with Omak over whether or not to give us your weapons, but do you really think they would kill him over it? I don't know what to believe anymore, Samantha. Imagine how much them flower pots must cost. And I'd love to meet the bloke who put those in his ass. I don't think he put them in his house. I'd say they probably brought them in themselves. They don't really suit the decor. The commentary only states that they put a new table into this room and they had to blank out a lot of the windows so you couldn't see, obviously, the neighbourhood. Then I would say they took one of those giant flower pots and stuck it in the meeting room. Yeah, either they put some from props into the house or the house into the... So he has those touch screens there? No, this was actually... What, what they wanted to do was have a big screen on the wall, mm-hmm. nice and futuristic. Alas, 
budget constraints meant they had to make do with a couple of 14-inch LCD monitors. Well, at least they had 14-inch LCD monitors. <laughs> Although, truth be told, those are probably CRTs and the, the LCD is the one on the uh, table. Mm-hmm. I think this thing smells worse and worse by the minute. Are you still willing to proceed? Well, I think it's the only way we're going to find out what's really going on. And the question is, how far do we go? Well... All we know is that these people might be willing to part with some very powerful weapons. I have no problem with that. Oh, I have no surprise there. Yeah, that can't be comfortable for Daniel. No, sit on a cold rock like that, you'll get piles, young man. Well, it's not even that. You don't rest your head comfortably against bloody granite. <laughs> it's sore. Now see, that makes no sense to me. Exactly. So push on blindly, then. Blindly, Yes. But we still have our slightly heightened sense of smell. He looks cold, too. Yeah, a nice little slow pan around the uh, actors. If you're looking from down from above, you'd see a little circular track. I'm trying to spot the track as they go round. It must have been quite <laughs> close. I think they're panning up to avoid actually seeing the track. Oh, there we get the guard, Ryan Silverman. Hasn't been in much. Sex in the City 2 and Gossip Girl recently. You'll see this quite often. The director, William Garrity, actually likes this sort of shot. Always keeps the camera moving, keeps it interesting. Okay, how do we shut that off? <laughs> I know, Sam. Nobody likes listening to themselves talk. Let's start with ion cannons. Okay, search topic ion cannons, time frame six months. Looking at the transcript, we're nearly halfway through total dialogue, but barely halfway through the episode. The impression is a lot of acting without dialogue. Mm, could be later on. How do you know this is Nareem's house? They all look the same here. That's Nareem. Now, hopefully, Nareem's passworded all his uh, <clears throat> questionable material. Now, this is where they had the trouble with the LCD screen because the viewing angle is so abrupt, they actually had to tweak the video to make it stand out a bit more. Yeah, because otherwise it'd be shaded off. Yeah. The Tolan have not solved the problem of LCD viewing angles. They're not that clever. Well, actually, I mean, the LCD screen I'm looking at this on has a good 85 degree viewing angle, maybe 120. What do you guys got? Uh, well, so far, not much. Nareem, Colonel O'Neill. That's a rather inconvenient pillar. Well, that's a problem, really. There shouldn't be a, a display there. Hmm. It says that two months ago there was an unscheduled test of Tolan Iron Cannons. And that Omak filed an official protest. Yes, I remember it well. We were supposed to have an evening meal together. Omak was late. He was very angry when he arrived. He spent the entire time ranting about the unfairness of random testing on the Tolan people. That does sound like Omak. Yes. Well, we're looking for indications of Omak's difference of opinion with the Curia. This can't be. What? According to this record, the Curia meeting adjourned in the late afternoon. Omak came here straight from the meeting. I'm sure it was well into the evening. So? It means there are at least two hours of notations missing from these records. A slight omission? That's not possible. Ooh. Ooh, dear. Now, this speaks volumes about the Tolan, that he can be that upset about missing minutes from a meeting. No wonder they didn't really like uh, or trust the people of Earth. We hide all manner of things. The Stargate, for a start, <laughs> and working our way downwards. It's unthinkable. At the time, I thought it was strange that Omak would be so upset over an ion cannon test. So slightly more to it than that, eh? Character's looking with tensely blue eyes there for some reason. Must be the way it's lit. Whereas Jack's eyes look like black pools of night. <laughs> Very descriptive. I'm getting philosophical in my middle age. It would be impossible to erase it without 
conspiracy of massive proportions reaching far outside the Curia. Well, that's a mighty fine idea. If there's a memo, make sure everybody gets it, then they can't just delete one or two. That depends. I presume they're using something similar to Microsoft Outlook then. If you send an email to someone with an attachment, let's say a two meg attachment, and you've got 500 recipients, suddenly a gig of space is gone on your exchange server. <laughs> I speak from recent our mail server fell over last week experience. That makes no sense. I said that. Unless the Tillon cannot procure Trinium on their own as easily as they claim. The general's confused. They're giving us everything we want. What's the catch? <laughs> Military, as with civil service, when things appear too easy, there's usually something wrong. <laughs> lots and lots of very interesting and unspecific things. I like O'Neill's comment there. Lots of very interesting and unspecific things. Well, we introduce a barely detectable radioactive isotope. If the Tolans catch it and inquire, we say it's a byproduct of the purification process. And we've been unable to eliminate it entirely. Well, that's not very ethical, is it, Samantha? <laughs> Do it. And there we have a bit of added map painting to extend the campus. And as we see, there's a very good reason for that later on in the episode. Yeah, because they're going to blow up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you blew up my map painting. I spent hours doing that. It must be frustrating for the artist. Yes, paint this. Why, what are you going to do with it? We're going to explode it. <laughs> and do I get paid? Yes, good enough. <laughs> a true artist, that's important. Yes, art is important. Food is more important. Yes. <laughs> he said, neatly referencing the fact that he were hungry. If your leaders are involved in something untoward and they've committed murder to cover it up, what you're doing is not treason. What I am doing is nothing. Then help us. Nareem stuck his toe in the water and suddenly found he were drowning. Mm-hmm. Tell us how to get into Trebel's office and access her computer. What? If there is a conspiracy, she's in on it. It was, in fact, Trebel that offered us the iron cannons. It's impossible. There is no way. Nareem, will you get your head out of your ass? You started this. The government is deceiving its people. You said yourself that's the most heinous crime you can think of. Defeated by logic. Uh-huh. I should have reported this to the security office long ago. But you can't because the Curia ultimately have more power. As a citizen, is it not your duty to investigate such a crime? The security systems prevent... Ravel was able to turn them off in her office. Why would you do that? So she could talk to us off the record. That is a severe violation of the governmental conduct code. Gee, what a shock. Even Tilk's putting the knife in. <laughs> I'm surprised Tilk didn't say, you must rise up and <laughs> free your people. Well, they will be free. They'll be free of a lot more than each other. Yes. They'll be free, <laughs> free of life itself. But, you know, like, now's the time. you think people this advanced, if they went so far up their own arse, might have actually ascended by now. His code would be in the data device. If it is not deactivated. Okay, Daniel Carter, go with Nareem. Check out Travel's office, see what you come up with. Teal'c and I will track the trinium. Um, that's the thing that lets you go through walls, right? Yes. Got a couple extra laying around? That would be a violation of... Good. How about weapons? Colonel O'Neill. Just in case. You know our security sensors disabled. The weapons carried by your security forces remain unaffected. Or to call a bank's sublimed, where you just leave behind the whole material uh, life and kind of uh, take up an honorary godhood. I say, perhaps the destruction of the original homeworld and the splitting up of the rays probably changed things. I mean, these people have only been here a few years, after all. Yeah, but they've been around for a lot longer than that. Yeah, but we don't really know what the original homeworld was like. We can assume it's pretty similar. 
So it's Canada. Yes, very much so. <laughs> if you think about it, you know, very polite people. Everybody does what they're told. <laughs> no murder, death, kill. That's true. <laughs> Such that when something does happen, they just haven't got a clue what to do. Way to go, Omar. No lights that come on when you walk past. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate. It'll work. Don't worry about it. Yes. The plot demands it. So orange is armed, blue is off. That's kind of pale turquoise. <laughs> you certainly know when you leave your door unlocked, though, don't you? No mistaking it. Nice. Even the door's closing in the background. Reasonably smooth. Yes, we've discussed that at length. Yes. <laughs> Ability of things to rise smoothly from other things. And they've got little uh, CGI screens, not projections. Hmm. They were able to do that because uh, they were so small you couldn't read it anyway, so no harm done. You just get the impression of text. Yeah. Our ion cannons have always been successful against gold motherships. Maybe this gold has developed shields that defend against them. That would be catastrophic. We have no other weapons capable of defending. Wait a second. This makes no sense. It says despite resisting your attack, the ship left peacefully. Yeah, right. Why would a gold mothership impervious to your ion cannons just leave? The CGI allows the camera to track across, simplifies the whole process. Again, a budgetary... Again, if you're projecting, then you'd have to have the actors in very fixed positions to avoid them blocking the projections. Yeah. Of course, the fact that we can do that now, without projections. Which explains why Travel was willing to give us as many as we wanted. Okay, let's see if we can find out what the trinium's being used for. Look at Daniel, what's that he's got on his lip? It looks like he's got one little hair sticking out. If it's colder, and Nareem looks remarkably unshaven. Just watching Stargate, you can see the advancements in computer graphics. Fiction inspiring fact. Mm. Yeah, no gods about now, is there? No, because we're at night. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Either you have the gods out all the time or you don't bother. Right then. Oh, this is going to be awkward for Jack. Looks like our trinium's in here. We're walking through Walls Machine. It's not even that. Nareem said in order for the device to work on both of us, we must hold hands on you. <laughs> And skip our way through the window. <laughs> Tiptoe through the tube. Go on. Go on, Jack. You're not that homophobic. And that is the university cafeteria with a few enhancements. Well, yeah, I was wondering. Going thinking, that's the university cafeteria. It's the weirdest <laughs> freaking coffee machines I've ever seen. And, uh, you can most figure that look. I'm like, yes. Fair play to the props department. That's a very complicated looking device. <laughs> that must have taken quite a while to build. And not just bits of Airfix model either. Yeah, another one in the uh, process of being constructed. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know what the uh, trinium's for, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. This is unlike any torn device I have previously seen. Ooh. You seem to think they're going to need a lot of them. Oh dear. Now that's a smart shop floor, isn't it? <laughs> Factory assembly area. Wow. It's a weapon of mass destruction. Well, come on, Sam, you've seen that before. Yeah. Chain reaction. Yeah. <laughs> Chain reaction. That's a nice uh, graphic. And it's nicely projected in front of. Uh, 
They're in his face, too. And he mastered the trick of being able to focus on nothing. Well, he probably focused on a spot of dirt on the glass. The screen's going to be about two foot in front of you. Are you saying this bomb is being made so it can go through anything? Theoretically, yes. Of course. That must be it. This weapon is intended to replace the ion cannon in defense of our planet. Sorry, Noreen, that just doesn't add up. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> For a brief second there, he was hopeful. <laughs> yes. What else could have possibly happened? Please, lower your weapons. The building is full of security. And we're about to see an old friend. Sort of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think you're doing, Narim? What do you think you are doing, Chancellor? <laughs> He's still polite, even when you're accusing her. Mm-hmm. Duh. She is doing what she must to preserve your world. Hello. Hello. <laughs> we thought you were dead. God bless Tanith. How the hell did he survive? I've forgotten he survived. Well, we did see a, a ship escaping, but nothing was said about it in the episode. So, there you go. Yep, nobody here. Mm-hmm. It's as if they were waiting for you, Jack. Hello, fellas. Oopsie. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> This is not a good sign. No, it doesn't look good, does it, Jack? You are in league with a gold. His name is Tanith. Yeah, aren't you supposed to be dead? If you must know. I must. I had left Apophis' ship in an escape pod long before the sun exploded. Thank you, by the way. In destroying his fleet, you did me a great favor. It was nothing. How lovely it is to see you both here. I assume Teok must be around somewhere. You know, I think Teok would like a sarcophagus so he could kill Talith, bring him back to life and kill him again a few times. <laughs> oh, when he eventually finds out if Talith's around. He's not going to be happy. No. I have done nothing alone, Narim. The Curia is acting in the interest of Tolana. You murdered Omak. Had we not done what we did, there would be no Tolana to speak of. And there won't be if you do not fulfill your promise, Chancellor. Rest assured, we will deliver as promised. <laughs> He's a great bad guy. Right now, I'm, I'm thinking of another system lord we haven't met in this timeline yet. Very charming, very smooth. Would that system lord begin with B? He would, yes. I like that system lord. Very similar character, though. Yeah, but Tanith's more seen reviewing the evil. <laughs> She's got a point. If Nareem had been in charge when all this had played out. Whoa. After him. Yeah, what's the point of having walls when you just walk through the damn things? He will not get away. I suspect the actual device for phasing through a wall isn't that common. You're trusting a ghoul. That's an oxymoron. Yeah, I say, it's interesting that ethics, when it came right down to it, went straight out the window. Yes. The transcript is majorly wrong. Because it says, sending them crashing against the wall. (laughs) How did you find me? You're the one wearing grey. You're wearing (laughs) grey. It's a good job you didn't actually land that elbow. He wouldn't have landed that elbow. This is (laughs) Teal. 
Duke would probably have broken his arm with his thumb and forefinger. Come on, Nareem, drop the bombshell. Um, back up to that ghoul bargain part. The Tolan Curia had made a deal with a Goa'uld. His name is Tanith. Easy, big fella. Oh, yes. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Easy. The transcript says, Teok reacts to the name. Yes. <laughs> yeah, thank. For the first time, Tolana is vulnerable to attack. There hasn't been an attack. No. To prevent our destruction, the Curie has agreed to build weapons for the gold. We have seen these weapons. There are a great many. What exactly can they do? They are explosives of great power that utilize the Tolan phase shift technology. They will be able to penetrate any solid matter prior to detonation. Like an iris. As you've witnessed before, I've used our technology to walk right through the barrier that protects your planet Stargate. Basically, yeah, a big bomb that can go anywhere. We've been unable to locate them thus far. Our efforts continue. Use Narium's health implant to locate him. Well, that would be in violation of Do the... Do it! Co- Ooh, even the guards are objecting. Now, you think about that, how many planets have an iris? Yeah. Obviously, it's useful to have at least one of these weapons that can get through our Stargate. Mm. But what use is it at any other world? Your master? Oh, you don't think he could do all this by himself, do you? Office dad, fresh out of an escape pod? Of course, he'd have to ally himself with someone more powerful, wouldn't he? So, who are you taking orders from now? Apparently, the one he serves has no name. Oh, he has a name. Likes viewers of people to know it. Isn't he just looking insufferably smug? <laughs> I mean, I know he's a ghoul, and looking insufferably smug is part of the job description, but I have to admire the actor for doing it so well. Oh, Peter Wingfield is a very good actor. Picks the right roles. Have him transported up to me. What, a complete normal douche? <laughs> Sorry, I've been talking to certain Americans still. We get the line again that he has a master. We're getting hints dropped that there's a big player out there that we haven't met yet. Destroy them? How? You tell me. Travel was right. It's not so easy when the fate of your planet is in your own hands. Nareem? Look, the gold will attack Tolana if the delivery is not made. You are asking me to destroy my own world. I am asking you not to sacrifice Earth and God knows how many other planets to save your own ass. I'm asking you to do the right thing and you know it. Oh, near Nareem's home, according to the transcript. You're thinking, why would he be dumb enough to go anywhere near his house? I'm sure that's the first place they'll look. Well, for all we know, he's gone straight across the city. They seem to walk anywhere. There's no cars or anything. Your time is up, Chancellor. We are ready to make the first delivery. Very well. However, before accepting, we will first require a demonstration of the technology to ensure that it works as expected. I assure you, it has been tested and each weapon is fully... We will activate one of the weapons and send it through your stargate to the tower. Now the other shoe drops. Yes. You have 30 minutes. This is a question of, when it comes to the ethics, who's going to stick with them? That's nicely projected. It's a little spotty, but I mean, it's very good for the time. Yeah, yeah. The fact that you can partially see through it. Why not just beam the weapon up to that ship? How? For such an advanced race, they don't have matter transports. They should talk to the fucking um, Asgard. You got any idea what you're doing? None. <laughs> 
Oh, stick my hand in here, wiggle it around a bit, and pull some wires out. Go on. <laughs> what can do? Oh, that looks <laughs> loose. It'll come right off. <laughs> oh, watch it. I'm sure it won't explode. Oh, dear. It does give the gorgeous element of surprise when they can jump through walls. Yes. Good enough. You knew exactly why you were building these devices and what they'd be used for. You just didn't expect them to make you pull the trigger. The Gould have no choice. Earth is a protected planet. They can't do it themselves without having to deal with the Asgard. I had no choice either. Yes, it's all right building weapons, but heaven forbid we actually have to use them. Mm -hmm. Hi, kids. They were captured attempting to sabotage one of the weapons. <laughs> yes. Hello. Take our gay born. Nareem's health implant. What have you done to him? Well, we held his hand down and cut it out. He screamed a bit, but and there was lots of blood. Nareem was able to move freely. Oh yes, fortunately that he could override the safety protocols that allowed the aiming at the ground. Hmm. What did he just blow up? He blew up the cafeteria which housed all the weapons. Oh. Leave them, come! Where you guys going? Fortunately the, the bombs weren't in the... <laughs> yeah, fortunately the weapons weren't in a state that had caused them to explode, otherwise the whole planet would have gone. <laughs> I've just condemned my whole world to death. I expect more than a smile. <laughs> if they haven't already, the gold will soon realize that we no longer intend to honor our end of the bargain. Hello? Hey. Where should you go? Yeah, they've realized that pretty darn quick. <laughs> yes, very definitely go. Like a scene from Battlestar, this is. Yeah. Straight to the Stargate. Aren't you coming with us? My actions have forced my people to fight a battle we may very well lose. The least I can do is stay and fight with them. Thank you. Good luck. I hope this isn't goodbye. We're in death by the sounds, but they couldn't spare the CG. No, we saw one bolt of uh, fire in the background. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, okay. No, you know what? I'm gonna stay here and die, because I'm dumb. Well, I mean, I think even character knows anyone who fancies or is doomed, therefore... Even this early on into the series, you know, the pattern has been established. We can reasonably assume the ghoul did not get any of these weapons. We can only hope. What about these new shields? The ghoul do not share technology. Well, whoever Tanith is now working for, these new shields give him a decided advantage. Teal, can he guess us who it might be? Not Zero Women. Yes, Tilk. I suppose we have to rest assured that whoever it is, they're still afraid of confronting the Asgard or they would have attacked Earth themselves. Again, you see the camera zooming around all the uh, actors. How the hell did he fit a track in there? He couldn't fit a track in there. That's a bloody, fairly strong cameraman with a steadicam. That's somebody with a steadicam. Or it's on a crane. Could be on a crane. Well, he used cranes for a couple of the shots already, as he said in his commentary. It's a damn shame, though. Obviously, he wasn't going to leave. I mean, he pretty much sentenced his own people to death. Walter! <laughs> Did you get some current people out? The Stargate was destroyed. The rain. All defense is failing. Our ships attempting to escape are being shot down. I just want you to know that... I'm sorry, sir. That's it. The transmission just died. Unknown technician number 43. He wanted us to know something. 
Yes, Sam. Uh-huh. Sam actually looks upset. <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest with you, if Sam actually did care for him, she'd have zatted him and just got to, to carry him through the bloody staircase. You know? Well, that's it. The wealth of information he had would have been invaluable to the Earth. He still would refuse to share it. <laughs> yes, he probably would have done. But like you said, he has sentenced his own people to death by choosing that course of action. So ethically, he had to stay. There was no question that he wouldn't stay. Mm. And as we've seen, when the Tolan people, they hit a level of technology they were happy with, and they just stopped developing it. It must have been obvious at some point that the Gord or another race would be able to counter that weapon. But without continued development, without a huge military uh, industrial complex... <laughs> to take 50% of their tax revenue. Well, let's face facts. How many times and what magnitude larger than the health budget is the military budget? It's pretty big. Well, not ours, obviously. Anyway. Anyway, that were um, Between Two Fires. Yes. Subtitled Death of the Tolan. <laughs> a cracking episode. Indeed. It was an excellent episode. Took a while to get going. I know it was 18 minutes in. It felt quite long. A lot of exposition setting everything up but it certainly helps when you they're bringing back a recurring race and a recurring character won't won't be bloody recurring again (laughs) that's true poor Nareen I get the impression we haven't seen the last of Tanith no I mean let's face it he escaped well not his ship but he escaped the bloody sun blowing up he escaped Apophis' ship got out just in time he's defeated supernovas and replicators yeah makes you wonder what could stop Tanith do you eventually I'd imagine (laughs) I don't actually remember so I look forward to finding him yeah. Next week's episode, Season 5, Episode 10, titled 2001. SG-1 discover an exciting opportunity to form an alliance with a highly advanced race who are willing to share their life-extending medical technology. They are the Ashen, the danger of whom we have already seen. 2010 in brackets. Will the truth be revealed before it's too late for the future? Rather bland synopsis. Let's listen to the actual trailer. On the next Stargate SG-1... We're going to want a few of those. ...their mission to seek powerful alien technology... This is an example of a bioweapon we can make available to you. But in the middle of tense negotiations... We're proceeding with caution. ...comes a mysterious warning from the future. Under no circumstances go to P4C-970. Now it's a race to uncover deadly intentions. There are no human remains. The question is why? And stop a U.S. alliance. You're in way over your head. Am I? Or the weapons of trade will be targeted towards Earth. Richard Dean Anderson stars on the next Stargate SG-1. As you may have gathered from that trailer, it's a sequel to the earlier episode, 2010. Pretty good episode. Looking forward to watching that and having a good old chat about it. Just say the word. Open the iris. Right then, we have a couple of pieces of feedback for last week's episode, The Tomb. First off, from Thomas. The episode The Tomb is definitely one that sets up storylines later. I do agree it is one episode that can easily be forgotten because it was not that great. Great job, guys. Keep it up. And here is looking to our big podcast. In reference to the big podcast, Thomas will be joining us to record Wormhole Extreme. Uh, when you're actually hearing this podcast, that should have been recorded, but unfortunately a scheduling conflict kind of screwed it up. We're actually trying to get four people involved. And as you might expect, when two of them are in the US, one in Ireland and one's in England, it can be a bit tricky. We will sort it out, though. The next piece of feedback is from our Facebook page, Miles Posts. I thought this was a pretty good episode. O'Neill was right. Those Russian soldiers probably would have lived if they'd listened to him and didn't have their own agenda. 
Also, if I heard you correctly, I think you guys were questioning whether Marduk was a god that the Babylonians worshipped. The Bible makes reference to Marduk in Jeremiah 52. So historically, there was an idol called Marduk. Enjoyable show as always. Take care. I replied, We shouldn't put down the producers and writers of the show. I also found out, after the fact, Marduk was mentioned as the world responsible for Kendra. That's from the episode Thor's Hammer. Thanks, Miles, for the feedback. Miles, if you don't know, is the co-host to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. We occasionally play the promo for it. As always, thanks for the feedback, guys. It's always appreciated, and you can find more feedback that's not necessarily relevant to the episodes we are covering right now on our Facebook page, also on our own Gatecast website, and of course Twitter. Hi folks, and thanks for listening, downloading, etc, etc, etc. If you need to email us, the email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. If you need to find the podcast, somebody gave it to you, you got it through an online subscription, we're on iTunes as Gatecast. We're also listed on Podcast Alley and Podcast Pickle. If you want to leave feedback, you can record an MP3 and email it to gatecastpodcast.gmail.com. You can also leave us feedback on the website, that's gatecast.phasecast.com. There is the Facebook group, which is The Gatecast. And finally, you can also tweet us with the Gatecast on Twitter as well. Hope to hear from you next week. Come try ya! That's pretty much it. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for providing interesting feedback. And you'll hear from us in a week or so. I've been Alan. And I've been Mike. Thanks for listening, folks. And we'll see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to Gatecast, presented by Alan, Mike and Scott. Visit us at gatecast.facecast.com.